Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. We're working our way through uh, 7,000 ways to listen. Mark Nepo, last Sunday, we talked about listening specifically to our higher power, to God, what it's like to really listen for that still small voice, whether it's in meditation or contemplation, the ways that we can build in that kind of clear channel into our higher power. This week, we're going to talk about uh, maybe a subset in a way of that. We're going to be listening to our own inner selves, which of course is, is part of God's divine wisdom, but I think as you'll see, it also is something a little more personal, something even on the human plane. Now, there are a few different ways of listening to ourselves. One, listening to our intuition. Another, listening to the wisdom of our bodies, right? Doing a little body scan. What's going on with me today? What are my emotions feeling like? What are my bodies feeling like? Uh, And then last week, we talked a little bit about that idea of listening to our higher wisdom self. Today, I want to get right down and practical and talk about listening to ourselves in the context of the world. Literally listening to your own reaction to life. And so if we're going to be talking about actions and reactions and and listening, I managed to find a joke that I think will fit. So a man is driving down a country road miles from the city, really just enjoying the ride. Sunday, he's driving a little slowly to better take in the scenery. And just as he notices that he's actually kind of getting close to the middle of the white line, a car zooms past him. Now the woman driving the car, she's red in the face, she's leaning out the window slightly, shaking her head and waggling her finger at him. She shouts, hey, pig! Well, the man's taken aback. He's not driving that badly. How dare she? He's tempted to turn around and follow her. Who could be in such a hurry? Who's such a good driver that they would point the finger at him? He wasn't causing anyone any trouble. He wasn't driving so bad. Lost in thought, he rounds the turn and, you guessed it, runs into the pig. There is a joke in there, I swear. (laughs) So the idea here is, is oftentimes our reaction may not necessarily even go with what's happened. And I want to spend a few moments listening to ourselves before we make a reaction. In fact, I I remember back when I was, gosh, probably about four or five, and the first time I ran home from school to sort of unload on my mom about how unfair everything was and whatever happened was just, you know, beyond reproach and so on and so forth. And I remember my mother said, well, before you even talk, count to ten. It's like, I don't want you just to dump and spew until you've at least had a chance to reflect on it. Well, today, what we're going to learn is what we can do while we're counting to 10. Because I never had the patience, really, to count to 10. But I think I do have the patience to do this process. And for those of you who take notes, please don't today, because I took notes for you. There's actually a handout in your program called e and we're going to talk about it. It's actually from uh, Portugal. And... Uh, let me try to think, how do I want to phrase this? You know, those little helping words, words we use when we're in conversation with someone. So someone's talking to us, and in the pauses, don't we say little things that remind them we're listening? So we might go, uh-huh, 
Or when I go, oh, right? My favorite one is the oh. And, and that's, a, that's the way that we know someone's listening to us, you know, that they're not just playing on that cell phone for fun, that there's actually something going on there. Well, in, uh, in Brazil or, or, or in Portugal, someone would probably say, a dai. And it literally means, and then, and so in the context, of course, of a conversation, it's saying, well, and then, and then. But it's also used in three different contexts. So there's the literal meaning of it, like what happens next. But it's also used to express the idea of, so what? So my mother might have used that part of it with me when I came home, right? It's like, so-and-so wouldn't play with me, right? Mom might have said a dai, meaning, well, so what? Like, there's always going to be a day when someone doesn't want to play with you in the context of the, well, I know it's hard to believe, Pamela, but (laughs) believe it or not, there are people on the planet that for whatever reason just don't want to play with me on some days. And so a fair thing to say would be, well, and so what? You're not always going to get your own way. You're not always going to get what you have. And then the third meaning of this, uh, of saying, uh, and so, or, 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 or then, is the idea of saying, but what's going on for you right now? You're having some kind of reaction to this, right? So what is it for you? So my theory and, uh, and Mark Nepo's theory is that if we take the time to ask these three questions, it's even better than counting to 10. And so I want to go through the three questions with you. Uh, really what we're going to be doing is learning a new spiritual practice today. Whenever we're confronted with something that would cause us to have a reaction. And I guess maybe I better level the playing field right here. Do we know what I'm talking about? So that's when something happens and suddenly you get that burning feeling in your throat or in your face. And, you know, some of us, I'm one of those people that you know when I'm feeling it because I literally turn red. But, but some some people, you'll feel your, your fists tighten a little bit. You'll get that sense of, mm. the best way I can describe it, probably everyone here drives, and it's the feeling you get when someone does something improper on the highway. Either they cut you off, or maybe they have their turn signal going for like 45 miles, and then suddenly, and then suddenly just randomly turn the opposite way, right? It's that sense of outrage. It's that sense of how dare they. It's that sense if it's someone you know, maybe a betrayal, right? It's those kinds of things I'm talking about. So the first thing that we ask when we say a dai is, what's the larger context here? We want to ask ourselves, in the, in the whole scheme of my life, is this thing that happened, is it even important, right? So when I'm cut off on the freeway, do I think that me being angry is going to change whether it ever happens again or not, right? And there's the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours that you're driving on the freeway when nothing bad happens, right? So in the overall scheme of my life, is getting cuffed off on the freeway or, or uh, someone who doesn't want to play with me on the playground, are these things important? And of course, most of the time, the answer is going to be no. Another thing that this allows us to do, too, is to actually watch for things that are out of context a little bit. And I want to use an example. So not too long ago, uh, my partner, Daniel, he's a dance instructor, and uh, he shares the Ankeny Street studio with probably about 12 other dance instructors, and they share a room that's probably about 10 by 18 to store all their stuff in it. 
And I got to tell you, it had not been cleaned out for probably seven or eight years. Full of smelly costumes for dance instruction, full of, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, cardboard cutouts for foot positions. There was all kinds of party supplies in there, like someone threw a party and they had to clean up. So what did they do? They just put it all in a box, all the streamers and cutouts and just shoved it in there. You could barely walk in this room. And of course, it's where the, the dancers in between teaching have to hang out. And so Daniel was asked by the owner, because he's been the dancer there that's been there the longest, if he would have had a cleanup effort. So um, he asked me on a Saturday to come down and helping him. Oh my gosh, we filled probably two or three sort of drum-sized garbage containers with just stuff that was obviously garbage. We had a rack full of old costumes that we were going to send off to uh, Goodwill. Um, we had things for, for kids because there was dance studio there that we had saved up to, to maybe go to a school or something where children could use it. Uh, and the place looked sweet. Okay, fast forward not quite a week. It's the very next time that I happened to be at the studio and I could hear what was going on before I even walked in. In addition to some lovely waltz music, at the top of her lungs, one of the instructors is screaming at Daniel. And I'm thinking to myself, oh Lord, did we throw away a favorite pair of shoes? Did we send off to Goodwill a expensive costume and so as I'm getting closer the visual is something too she's like Jacques, right it's like the the long finger of death pointed at him and just bellering at the top of it you know how dare you how can inconsiderate I have had that for several years and it's important to me and as I get closer I realize no she's actually talking about something that I put in the recycling it was literally a box that had been covered with Christmas wrapping paper and folded flat. You know how you can fold a box flat? So it was simply a box covered in Christmas wrapping paper. Now, keep in mind, this was last month. So a box covered in Christmas wrapping paper. I had taken it down the hall and put it in the recycling, the cardboard and paper recycling. And so uh, kind of nervously, I kind of went in and raised my hand and said, oh, um, actually, I know where that is. It's in the recycling. Well, the finger of doom swiveled around. <laughs> Have you ever had that happening? It's like, it's like waiting for the bullets to start, right? And oh, did she lit into me. How dare you? And, and, and uh, you know, my niece and I put that thing together, and it was for a children's pageant that we had. And, and uh, you lifted up the box, and a little girl was in it, and then she danced. And, and how I had really betrayed her by... And as she was ramping up, even into higher realms of hysteria, the tears were streaming down her face. She was so angry. And I realized this wasn't about me. Right? Sometimes when things happen, it's simply not about you. And so my initial reaction, of course, was to plunge right in and try in a respectful way to explain, well, anyone might have made that mistake, right? It, it's actually down, still in the recycling bin. We can get it out for you, right? My, my urge was to rationally try to talk her through this, and I realized, no. Rational thinking isn't what's going on here. 
And so I had the presence of mind to simply apologize and back up. The other thing, though, that I had to do was ask the second question about Adai, and that is, what's going on for me, right? What's going on for me? Because, of course, I'm going to see this woman again. She's one of the main dance instructors there. I'll be in dance socials with her. I might help her do a costume change in six months. Who knows? Because I like to help my partner out. And so I'm thinking, is there something that needs to be done in me and between us, right? Because my own heart is here. I don't want to feel like, you know, I might get the finger, so to speak, again. I don't want to feel like there's bad blood between us. And so even in that moment, it was about apologizing and just backing up. What I realized for my own heart, for, for me, I needed to call her in a few days. And that leads us into the third a dai, and that's what literally what's next. What what if anything do we next? Do we do next? And I got to tell you, for probably eighty percent of our of our reactions, what do we do? Nothing. Nothing. Yes, thank you. For about eighty percent of the time, when something untoward happens to us, it's an internal resolution. It isn't about doing anything. Most of the time when someone cuts you off on the road, when someone says, you know, I don't want to play with you on the playground, you don't get invited to the birthday party, you know, something happens at work and you were looked up, looked over for a promotion, 80% of the time there is nothing to be done. It's simply a matter of making sure our hearts are intact. It's simply a matter of working out any leftover or latent aggression or anger so that we don't store it physically in our bodies. And, and of course, a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about some of the techniques for doing that. You can actually beat the pillow or, or scream in the car or do the things so that you, you know, can actually work out some of that feeling so you're not storing it in your body. That might be something that's to be done, but it's not about the reaction to what happened as it is about making your own self whole. So I'm gonna review these steps one more time and I'll do it through something else. So, so that thing happened about a month ago and it was interesting that I actually, before you know, rereading this book, I sort of followed through the pattern, I thought, pretty well, coming up with my resolution. Well, since a month ago when I reviewed the book, I had an interesting thing happen to me, and I will share it with you. So a friend of mine's daughter got married, and I wasn't invited. And I will tell you, this is someone I've known for about 25 years. I will tell you that this particular daughter, I helped make her first Halloween costume when she was like four. And I stood out in the rain with an umbrella (laughs) while she did trick-or-treating that first time. And although, you know, we're not like the best friends for probably 15 years of her life, she called me Uncle Larry. And so not to be invited to her wedding, I got to tell you, there was a little thing going on. Not even to be told it was happening, right? I found out by by another friend and someone else between us. And so I sat with that for a little bit, and I did the the three day IEs, right? So the first one, in the context of my entire life, is this a big thing? 
And the answer was yes and no. I got to tell you, the answer was yes and it was no. Well, of course there will be time. I mean, I can't perform all the marriages on the planet, let alone attend them all, right? Because there was that little part of me that's like, well, she knows I'm the minister. I would have done that wedding even, not just go to it, but like, that was my wedding, <laughs> right? So there was that little part of me that was that, was that right? But in the, in the context, in the context of my life, well, of course, there will be all kinds of weddings that I don't perform. There will be all kinds of friends, in fact, that will make little, uh, little things happen that are not to my liking. So am I really harmed by this? Is this something really that has an effect on my life? Ultimately, no. But when I ask the second Adai, how am I feeling about this right now? There was a little bit of resentment. There was a little bit of feeling hurt. And so I've needed to process through that a little bit too. And one of the ways I did that was, first of all, well, again, to ask, well, is my feeling out of context for what happened? Am I taking this personally when it wasn't meant personally? And so then I began to think, well, shoot, I don't really know anything about this girl since she left high school. The last time I actually saw her was at her high school graduation. So although I have maintained my friendship with her mother, who am I to think this girl owes me anything, right? So right there, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm taking this personally, thinking of the mother. It's not the mother's wedding. It's the daughter's wedding, right? I don't know that much about the daughter at all. I've never met the, the husband to be, well, now the husband. His family could be, you know, Catholic. They're not going to call me to do a Catholic wedding as much as I could, as much as it would be fun to be in that black robe, right? They're not going to call me. So what am I getting all up about, right? And so that was where I had to leave it. And just, and in fact, just by thinking about that, thinking about this girl that I loved, why would I not want to honor her desire for the wedding to be whatever it is for her? And so right away, I realized not only does this not mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but that if I care for this girl, of course, she should have the wedding that she wants. So all that was left was a little disappointment. When I went on to the, th uh, the third day, i.e., what next? What do I do next? I came up with something pretty important, though. I put in a call to have lunch with the mom. What I realized was I'm out of touch with one of my friends that I treasure. How could I not have known, uh, you know, right? If I had had lunch two or three times in the last year with that mom, I would have known there was a wedding, and I would bet you anything, I would have been invited to it, and I would have known why I wasn't asked to be the minister at it, and so on and so forth. It was all on me. I'm out of touch with a friend. So the what to do, the what then, was simply, I need to do a better job with one of my friends make sure that's moving forward. So do you get the process? I think it will be tremendously useful, so much more helpful than count to 10. I mean, count to 10 has its points, 
But here I have an actual way of figuring out what's going on in the grand scheme of things, what's going on personally and in my own heart, and then and only then do I say to myself, what am I going to do about it, if anything? So I'm going to close today uh, with a wonderful quote from Mark Nepo's book and a prayer. Here's what he says about this process. In a deeply practical way, this custom of day IE invites us to locate ourselves in any given situation from the inside out. It's from the largest frame of reference possible and then down to the immediate circumstance. Before we overreact or before we react prematurely to whatever situation we find ourselves in, it helps to ask a die. What does this mean in the journey of my life? What does this mean to me personally now? And what does this mean in terms of what should follow on? What is our next step? Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, one love, one joy. There is only that, that one thing. And what I know about it is that it includes me, that God's love is my love that God's grace is my grace, that all that I hold and treasure in this universe is also within me if I but listen. And so for today, I do listen. For today, I, I hold myself to that standard of really taking in what's going on around me and asking the three questions. The first one, more like a so what? Does this really matter? The second one, more like a, how does it affect me? Am I somehow hurt by this? And if so, what's to be done? That final question, what next? And so these three concepts of processing through what, processing through what happened, I know is here for each one of us as we can accept this idea in our hearts. We, we disperse a lot of grief. We disperse a lot of misunderstanding. We disperse grudges before they even happen. We truly step forward in God's love, in God's grace. And I'm simply grateful for this. Grateful for God showing up every day uh, in the people in this room, in the hearts and the hands of the people in my life. Simply in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.